Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Nihongo Master Podcast. I'm your host Azra and for this episode, we're all about that packed lunch in a box, also known as a bento. I remember when I was growing up, a lunchbox isn't the coolest thing you can bring to school. I brought mine a couple of times and I was always on the receiving end of judgmental looks and whispers. Back in Singapore, schools have cafeterias selling cheap and delicious dishes, so there was no need for a packed lunch. In Japan, however, the situation is totally different. Opposite, in fact. Lunchboxes are the norm, and if you don't bring one, you'll be the one getting looks. Bento culture is a thing, quite a big deal I'd say, and if I have to admit, a pretty good one. Not only does it save you a few bucks throughout the day, bentos are often curated with a balanced diet in mind, the ideal nutritional value and lots of love. Can you get a better trio? We're going to take a look at how this bento craze came about, what it signifies, the various types of bentos they are, and just a few do's and don'ts when making one for yourself. So make sure you have your notebooks ready. Packed lunch in Japan is not a recent event. It's been around for about 10 centuries, dating back to the Kamakura period of 1185 to 1333. The word bento comes from a slang word of the Chinese Song Dynasty, Piantang, to mean convenient. In the early days, people carried around sacks of cooked and dried rice, hoshii in Japanese, to eat at work. The Azuchi Momoyama period, 1568 to 1600s, was when the iconic lacquered bako boxes were produced. These boxes were used to store and hold food, and oftentimes they were used for occasions like hanami, cherry blossom viewing, koyo, autumn leaves viewing, and other tea ceremonies. Kind of like a picnic, just a real fancy one. The bento craze was full on during the Edo period, 1603 to 1868. It became an essential part of not only outdoor events, but general travel as well. There was even a type of waste bento called koshi bento that was used to carry around onigiri rice balls wrapped in bamboo leaves. Never mind a belt to keep your pants up, just get a waste bento and you'll be all good. Bento only became more popular as time went by, and by the time the Meiji period, 1868 to 1912, rolled around, it was a staple for everyone, from students to workers. This was also the time when rail systems in Japan was booming, and a type of bento box made of aluminium started selling at stations. We'll get into that later. Bento became a status symbol over the next couple of decades, depending on what nutritional food the bento consists and how it's prepared. Then, in the 1980s, plastic bako was used in place of metal ones, thanks to the amazing creation of microwaves that eliminated the need for heat-resistant boxes. Wooden bento boxes were used lesser as well. We also have to thank the convenient konbini scattered everywhere in Japan for the boom in bento popularity. And so that brings us to today. Bento is used for basically every occasion under the sun. Whether it's a day trip or a quick bite during lunch break, a good old bento saves the day. Here's a quick vocab recap from our rundown of bento history. Hoshi, cooked and dried rice, but it literally translates to dried meal. Bako, box. Hanami, cherry blossom viewing. Koyo, autumn leaves. Koshi bento, waste bento. Onigiri, rice ball. With the bento evolution, there's got to be more than a few types of bento boxes. Yep, you're right. But we'll take a look at just a few notable ones. Makunochi, Sageju, and Ekiben. Makunochi is what one refers to when talking about a traditional Japanese bento. Popping up in the Edo period, this type of bento box includes small onigiri with sesame seeds sprinkled on it and a couple of side dishes to go along. There are a couple of theories how this type of bento came about. But a recurring one is that the makunochi was originally designed to be eaten during transmission of theatre plays. Maybe the maku in makunochi came from the Japanese word for curtain. When the maku is closed after the first act, 
and opens again before the start of the second. The next bento type is probably the oldest one on the list. Sageju is the type of bento that was used back in the Azuchi Momoyama period for outings, fully equipped with wares like dishes, chopsticks, and sake cups. It's like a neatly packed, multifunctional box with everything you need for a picnic. Lacquered wooden bako is often used for this type of bento. And while it's not used as often today, I would really love one. Just to one up the other picnic goers with my fancy, elegant wooden bento. The ekiben is probably second to makunochi when it comes to popularity. Dating back to the Meiji era, this type of bento is one that's sold on train stations during the blooming days of railway systems. The first ever ekiben sold is believed to be in the Tochigi prefecture back in 1885 at a station called Utsunomiya Station. The original ekiben was just a simple meal, an onigiri with bamboo sheath wrapped around it. It evolved to become a part of local tourism, with lunchboxes made using local ingredients, featuring local specialties, and sometimes promoting local aspects of the city on the box itself. There are tons of other types of bento for various occasions, prepared in specific ways to include special nutritions and whatnot, but for now, the three mentioned above is a good start to your bento education. Here's a recap of the types of bento. Makunochi, a classic Japanese bento. Sageju, a type of bento that was used in the old days for outdoor events. Ekiben, bento sold at train stations. By the way, if you haven't checked out our official website yet, why not give it a browse? At Nihongo Master, we offer efficient Japanese lessons that are quick, easy and fun for Japanese language learners of all levels from beginners to advanced. Our smart tools will assist you in areas where you need a little bit of a push and congratulate you on the ones you waste. With a community of over 50,000 Japanese students, you're not alone on your learning journey. Make new friends and improve together with our point system, collecting points as you go along. Ask away any questions you have on our group discussion pages. There's sure to be others as well as our Japanese instructors that are quick to answer. You can also take Nihongo Master with you on the go and learn Japanese as you trot the globe. Practical, right? Anyway, a bento is more than just a packed lunchbox. It takes up a huge part of Japanese culinary culture that's quite significant. For Japanese people, bento is like a form of communication between the maker and the eater. Imagine this, you're having a rough morning at work, or your sensoku, school outing, isn't as fun as you thought it'd be. And it's finally lunchtime. When you open up your bento box, you're greeted by a perfectly arranged, beautifully prepared, nutritionally balanced meal made by your partner or parent. Wouldn't that put a smile on your face? Even the most exhausted of souls would definitely get a bit of a lift from that. Now, imagine this. It's not just an aesthetically pleasing lunchbox. Your partner or parent specifically prepared your favourite meat or veggie, even with an okazupan, savoury bread, or okashipan, sweet bread. If it were me, I'd go from drain to fuel even before eating my lunch. You can feel the thought and care and literally see the effort put into making the bento just for you. In Japan, some parents and partners get out of bed in the wee hours of the morning just to orchestrate the perfect onigiri shipped to your favourite cartoon character or cut the nori in kawaii, cute shapes. Some go all out with their kiara ben, to mean character ben, pushing their creativity to the maximum. Kiara ben is usually more extravagant for children as compared to adults. So partners out there, don't get jealous of your kid's bento. We can all agree that kids are pickier eaters than adults, and if they see a broccoli in the shape of Mickey Mouse's head, they give it a shot. If you have a chance, give the movie Papa no Bento o Sekaiichi a watch. It translates to Papa's lunchbox is the best in the world. The plot is all about, you guessed it, bento. A single father prepares bento for his daughter day after day, 
and you witness this grow from an inexperienced everything to an adequate bento maker. Let's quickly recap the vocab. Ensoku, school outings. Kiaraben, character bento. Okazupan, savoury bread. Okashipan, sweet bread. I definitely recommend trying your hand at making your own Japanese bento for school or work, or even for a loved one. A bento is a visual feast of movement, colour and flavour. Back in the day, bento wasn't solely a meal to be eaten. It was a whole experience that tingles all the five senses. While there are tons of content out there dedicated to help you curate the perfect bento, curate. While there are tons of content out there dedicated to help you to curate the perfect bento, I have a few do's and don'ts to set you off on the right foot. First off, make sure you prepare a bento with popping colours, iro in Japanese. And while you're choosing the food, harmonise the aji, flavour. Don't have all the varieties be strong in flavour. Have some delicate ones that complement each other. Above all, you have to think about crafting the perfect balanced diet with the right nutritional value. Having some food that are cooked, some raw, maybe fancy, and even pickled. Variety is always welcome. For the working parents and partners out there, don't worry. If you don't have time to cook at the break of dawn, stock up on some frozen foods like gyoza or kuroke. Or transform your onigiri to make onigirazu, which is like a sushi sandwich. Sounds delicious, no? Got all the do's down? Right, now for the don'ts. The first don't is to never have both rice and bread in one bento. It's never good to have too much carbohydrates. And plus, it makes the bento look a bit dull with the neutral colours. Depending on the situation, try not to make a bento which contains food that needs to be heated up. If you're making for your kid, there's a solid chance they don't have a microwave in class. But if your partner's surface has one, then that should be no problem at all. Also, opt for food that don't really have a strong fragrance. From personal experience, your bed will end up smelling like your past 5 days of bento. And that's not really a pleasant aroma. Let's just keep it at that. Got all your do's and don'ts down? Ready to make your own bento? Here's a quick vocab recap. Iro. Colour. Aji. Taste. Gyoza. Fried dumplings. Kuroke. Similar to the French dish, croquette. Croquette. Onigirazu. Sushi sandwich. Now you're a bento expert. From different types of bento and how the culture came about, to the tips and tricks to making the perfect bento. If you're interested in reading up on them some more, head over to the Nihongo Master blog. And if you're keen on picking up some more Japanese for yourself, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the official website to learn more. Oh, and when you're planning your next trip to Japan, consider going on a camping trip. And Overland Japan can provide you with everything from their fully equipped camper van to their perfect camping itinerary. Head over to overlandjapan.com or find them on their Instagram handle, Overland Japan. Thank you so much for listening in. Join me in the next one, where I'll be walking you down another avenue of Japan's rich culture. Mata ne!